It is another Saturday morning in CCU land when we have our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are you this morning? Just trying to keep warm. It seems that that roller coaster is still in effect. It's nice. It's cold. It's nice. It's cold. But, hey, it's Minnesota. The, the right? Constant is it's cold. <laughs> and yes, that's, that's what right. I'm going to talk about a little bit today. All right. My son called me. He was making venison stew. And he said, just off the top of your head, what would you have? Well, it didn't take me a minute to say immediately, Chateauneuf de Pop. Chateauneuf de Pop is a marvelous wine, and it, it would be a perfect foil immediately, Chateauneuf de Pop. Chateauneuf de Pop is a marvelous wine, and it, it would be a perfect foil to have with that venison stew. In fact, it's a perfect red wine for cold weather, in my opinion, when you're having stick-to-your-ribs kind of food. You, you want a, a, a wine that has got some power and sustenance to it and will complement those dishes nicely, and I can't think of anything better than Chateauneuf de Pop for that. It's a very interesting Appalachian, has a great history. It's a great wine. A little bit about the history. It literally translates Chateauneuf de Pop as House of the New Pope. And what it was is back in the 12th century, 13th century, uh, the Catholic Church in Rome had a schism. They elected a Bordelais, Bordeaux uh, archbishop, and he up and moved the whole Vatican to Avignon, France. And there they stayed for 70 years. So in 70 years, they made an impact a little bit on the economy and and the style and way of life in that part of France to have this very powerful group. Uh, and, you know, it was the number one religion of all of Europe at that time. Uh, come to France was something. And, of course, the popes loved and drank lots of Burgundy. And the pope that moved him there was Clement V or something like that. But he was po- followed by uh, the Avignon Pope, as he was called, John the Twenty Second, and he decided that he liked uh, the local wine for every day, and he created a castle uh, down right where what is in now the town of Chateauneuf de Pop. It's a very small little village, probably got maybe not even three thousand people live there. It's pretty and picturesque, and, and incidentally, Avignon is pretty and picturesque. It's worth the trip down there if you're ever in that part of France just to see that castle in Avignon. And, of course, French school children sing a song about the bridge at Avignon, Sur les Ponts Avignon. And so everybody in France knows about Avignon because of that child's song and the fact that it is... A, got this magnificent old room in the papal palace right there and the foods are good uh, the ambiance is great in the area weather's pretty good there uh, but we're talking about the wine more than anything else and uh, anyhow john the 23rd uh, drank local wines from the north area and he drank the wines from what is today chateauneuf de pop it's a relatively new name in the mid-1850s I think it was called Chateauneuf-Lee, and now it's Chateauneuf-du-Pop. They changed their name to capitalize on the wine that came from there. Uh, Chateauneuf-du-Pop compromises about 
eight or nine thousand acres of land uh, devoted to this one wine. And the wine is so often recognized by the thick glass bottles that they make uh, or they put Chateauneuf to pop in. And a lot of them will have the papal seal embossed right on the bottle. Uh, that isn't necessarily a guarantee of anything like the Black Rooster is with Chianti in Tuscany, but that's how they bottle them up. And I'd say maybe 35% of the bottlers in Chateauneuf de Pop use those bottles that have uh, the glass uh, raising on the glass uh, of the papal keys. But anyhow, the wines of the area were became very very popular because the pope liked them etc and they went on to become pop more popular as time marched on but what they really their biggest market at this time in the in the annals of history was burgundy where they sent the chateauneuf de pop uh, there to enrich burgundies and that went on until uh gal probably the early late 1900s, uh, or late 1800s, late 19th century. And the wine, as I said, has always been prized. Uh, the whole area of Chateauneuf-du-Pape is about the same as the northern Côte d'Iron, which most famous wine, of course, from there is Hermitage. But these Chateauneuf-du-Papes uh, have really a marvelous history. They were responsible. There was a scandal there, and they were really responsible for the AOC laws, that's Appalachian Controlee, uh, which regulates our Department of Agriculture, but just regulates wine in the area. Originally, Chateauneuf de Pops were made with 13 different varieties of grapes. And the only one that still does it that way is Chateau Beaucastle. They still use the 13 varieties in the old recipe. Almost everybody else uses a new combination, which was permitted by law. And the main grape type is, of course, Grenache. And about 70% of the production of all of Chateauneuf-du-Pop is in Grenache grapes. Uh, then there's a, a, about 12 15% Syrah and another 8 or 9% of uh, Moudouvre. And those are the varietals that most people who make Chateauneuf-du-Pop use today. Because in that 13 varieties, there was even a white variety. And incidentally, Chateauneuf-du-Pop Blanc is a wine not to be overlooked. It's made from the Grenache Blanc grape. And it really is a very interesting wine, totally unto itself. And uh, if you get the opportunity to try it, I, I have a good friend that that's their favorite white wine. And every time they go out, they always just thrilled when they find a restaurant or a club or someplace that features Chateauneuf de Pop Blanc. But it is worthwhile trying and tasting because it is such an interesting wine, in my opinion. But back to the Chateauneuf de Pop that we know, after they established these laws, and that didn't come around till about the early 1900s, uh, they... Uh, when they, these new laws went into uh, effect, uh, application, it sort of changed a lot of the way Chateauneuf de Pop was taken care of and bottled, etc. It used to be that Chateauneuf de Pop had to be pretty old to be enjoyed, but modern technology 
has really done a wonderful job as far as Chateauneuf de Pop goes, because today you can buy it as soon as they release it, it's almost ready to drink. That's not to say it doesn't get a lot better with age. It really does. Uh, ideal age, in my opinion, for a good Chateauneuf de Pop would be between 8 and 10 years old. But you can get them younger than that, and I guarantee you, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, the Rhone River runs right through or close to Avignon, and so this southern part of the Rhone Valley, Chateauneuf du Pape, is the number one wine of the whole, and the top wine of the whole southern Côte de Rhone. And so it, it's such an interesting place to visit. Walk through the vineyards, and you'd swear you were in a, uh, a, a quarry. There's rocks everywhere, big rocks, and you wonder, how could anybody grow anything here? Well, nothing else probably would grow there. The boulders, a lot of them are boulders, are about the size of baseballs. And what they do is they fulfill a very wonderful function. They hold the heat and keep and help keep those vines ripe. The heat from that plentiful sun, they get a lot of sun there. It causes the grapes to ripen quickly, and... It's like I say, these wonderful wines the deposit the soil there came from the glaciers as they melted, and the wines are just marvelous. I mentioned Chateau Beaucastle, it's the original recipe, it's still very good wine, wins all kinds of awards. There's View Telegraph, there's an interesting story there back in the 18 or 1950s. A whole bunch of flying saucers were seen around Chateauneuf du Pape, and they were shaped like cigars. Well, the people in Chateauneuf du Pape wrote a law which prevented those cigars from landing. <laughs> I mean, not that they would, even if they were flying saucers. And it's still on the books, and I think that's very funny. The only interesting thing is every now and then you'll see a, a wine from Chateauneuf du Pape that's called Cigar Bialon, and it means flying cigar. So they still are talking about what happened in the 18, or 1950s in Chateauneuf du Pape. Uh, the wine itself can be red, white, or rosé. And as I said, you're doing yourself a disfavor if you never try white Chateauneuf du Pape. It is very, very good and certainly has a place in the wine and food category. And it, and it definitely is a food wine. I wouldn't suggest having a Blanc Chateauneuf du Pape as an aperitif. But if you're having the right dish, it would be absolutely wonderful. The red is the most popular. And incidentally, uh, just four years ago, they permitted rosés to be made from Chateauneuf du Pape. Uh, but they're a little pricey for what they are, I think. Uh, but it's interesting to try them. But the real thing is the red wines. It is just unbelievable, in my opinion, how reasonably priced Chateauneuf du Pops are, especially in today's climate where all sorts of wines have gotten outrageously expensive. Chateauneuf du Pops have stayed very affordable, in my opinion. You can get a very good Chateauneuf du Pop for about $30 a bottle. And that's really, in today's market, very, very reasonable uh, for a, a really good wine. And as I said, Chateauneuf de Pops are earthy. They can kind of hint of tar and leather, but don't let that turn you off. They taste like, they have the aroma sometimes of sort of dried spices. Uh, they really are the wines that are kind of perfect to have, as I said when at the onset here, 
I was asked what to serve with venison stew, and I had absolutely no hesitation to say Chateauneuf de Pop. There isn't a red wine in the world that would be better with a venison stew, in my opinion, than a good, well-aged Chateauneuf de Pop. Um, they really, let, you know, sometimes people, I get turned off when I said uh, it had nose of leather. It's kind of damp leather, but you can also uh, get a little anise and fennel and maybe even the hint of fresh peaches. So the Chateauneuf de Pops are kind of complex wines, but I, as I said, they go very, very well with robust style food. Chateauneuf de Pops are usually pretty high in alcohol. Uh, they have uh, usually it, they insist that it be twelve and a half percent at least, and they don't allow chapelization. Now chapelization is when they add sugar to raise the alcohol content. They don't allow that in Chateauneuf de Pop, and they don't age Chateauneuf de Pops in small oak barrels because Grenache is prone to oxidation, and porous wooden barrels let that happen. So they vinify uh, them in big concrete vats or stainless steel tanks, and some use even big wooden vats uh, that you know you could make a, a spare room out of. They're so big, but at any rate. Uh, if you're not trying Chateauneuf de Pop on these cold, blustery days with a hearty stew, you're missing something. And I'd say uh, there's nothing better on a cold winter afternoon than to even cook that venison stew or cook a big stew and then have a bottle of Chateauneuf de Pop in it. It'll make you forget the cold weather, I think. And let's not forget, Ted Farrell has a brand new favorite, Pick 6. And they, he's got six wines for $60, and they are terrific. Domaine Fazi, it's a rosé, one of our favorites. And, yes, you can have rosés in the winter. There's nothing wrong with that. They make a great aperitif. Wilderness Oak Chardonnay is buttery and rich. Farrell Chianti, our Farrelli Chianti, has won all sorts of awards. We were in the business up in Tuscany with Villa Cafaggio, and our partner in that, decided he'd strike out on his own, and we've created this special cuvee of Ferrelli Chiani, which is delicious. Nero d'Alva is another one. That's the red wine of Sicily, delicious, flavorful wine, a little Cote de Rhone. And lastly, Fog Mountain Pinot Noir, which is one of my go-to Pinot Noirs for everyday drinking. All of those six for 60 are available at all the Haskell stores. Ted Farrell's six for 60, a great value. And how many stores are we, are we talking about here, Jack? There are 11 Haskell stores, and there's sure to be one near you. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, one in Excelsior. There's a Haskell's in Faribault, right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. There's a Haskell's in Minnetonka. In Minneapolis, we have free parking both on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's in Plymouth, St. Paul, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come in, uh, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget... Haskell's does deliver. Let's talk again next week, Jack. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell.